This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Beginning January 3rd, it's an extra hour and a new start time. DiPietro and Rothenberg. Morning 6 to 10. WEPN-FM, New York. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're going until 7.30 tonight. Happy Holidays. To everyone out there, as we march toward the end of 2022, hopefully ringing in a new year of 2023 that just brings you nothing but love and prosperity and all kinds of uh, just good things in store for your future. So hope you are well. 800-919-3776. We started with the football Giants winning get in situation on Sunday. The Jets have to beat both the Seahawks and the Dolphins, plus a New England loss against either uh, the Bills or uh, this weekend against Miami. And Miami's got a backup quarterback because Tua Tungavailoa is out with a concussion. So, Teddy Bridgewater, we need you to get the job done this weekend. And that is sincerely Jets Nation. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. Spike in St. Pete wants to talk Knicks. What's up, Spike? Happy holidays, bro. Yeah, same to you. That was wonderful, you and Larry. Uh, just personally, I just love both you guys. And, and basketball is your sport and my sport. So upon further review, as they say when they go into the tent, looking back at that last play in the Nick game, it was so intriguing, Ty. It really was. If you're a basketball diehard like the three of us are, and many others who call, you talk Knicks and phones light up. You know that by now. But it would never have happened again if you really isolate it and see. But, you know, you only see it until you keep looking and looking and looking. McBride and Grimes collided, yeah. which created the space. And, you know, the chances of that having it again, and you corrected me properly, it never, it literally did happen, but it happened also when Reggie Miller, I was in that, almost in that photo in the newspaper, and I forget the year, 92, 93, Reggie Miller pushed Greg Anthony down, and, you know, I mean, literally, Joe Crawford was very young, he had hair, he pushed him down and raced behind the three-point line, so I, I forget the, the time, it was something like seven points in 20 seconds, so it didn't happen to the magnitude of 32 seconds and nine points but my theory was correct with the math that you know but everything had to go right and two guys colliding and luca luca's presence being there i'll just leave you with this because i know you have a short show and i know you'll smile when you hear this and you've heard it before somehow the ball always finds the fielder you know or somehow the the great great players benefit they're always there i watched like i i, I was telling joe on the pickup Durant, to me, I mean, he the joy that he plays basketball with and the efficiency that he plays basketball with was like my guy Kareem, who I went to high school at the same time and watched him devastate everything. And the two greatest scorers of all time, I know LeBron has more points and LeBron brings more to the table. I'm not going to refute that. But the joy and the smoothness that Durant plays with and the efficiency, I have never seen anyone score like that. Am I wrong? Yeah, I I think Durant, and the statistics won't reflect it, but I think he's the greatest scorer of all time just because of the array of of moves that he has. He can score from anywhere on the court. He's got excellent ball handling. He's as clutch as they come. And and if not for injuries, 
uh, the Achilles, not just the Achilles, but he had broke his he broken his foot. I believe it was like 2013 when he when he had that happen, the Liz Frank injury. If not for injuries, he would also be challenging Kareem's record. Him and LeBron would you know would be we would be going at it. Uh, and Spike hung up there. Appreciate the call, but yeah, I, you know I, I watched that game last night for Brooklyn. And it, it it's just so funny to now watch them without distractions. You think about what could the last, what, four years have been like if this team would have just, one, stayed healthy, and two, stayed out of, you know, the newspaper in, in negative ways. Because that, that was a, a, a fun game last night between the Nets and the Hawks. And, you know, Trey Young was out, DeAndre Hunter was out, and, and uh, Clint Capella also didn't play for Atlanta. But that back and forth, it was fun to watch the Nets go from down 15 and then they're up 12. And then, you know, in the final 40 seconds of the game, it's tied and Durant hits two pull-up jumpers uh, to give them the lead. And then, you know, it was a tie again and he hit another one to give them the lead. And then Kyrie Irving was sensational in the second half. To, to watch this team just play freely without any distractions, without, you know, health being a concern right now, it, it's fun. And... Uh, it, it just listening to just comments, right? Like Durant after the game says, I felt like we didn't have any identity to start this season. And then we started to figure it out the last few weeks. Nick Claxton told the Post, we're rolling. It's a lot of fun. It's like you expect to win games. This is really the first time in my career I'm having this much fun. And that is an indictment of Steve Nash. He was never carved out to be the head coach of this team. He He was never the right guy for this job. He just didn't have it. And part part of the blame, though, has to fall on the superstars because they had the perfect coach, I thought, for the situation. And Kenny Atkinson, who, who was defensive-minded, had these guys practicing and playing hard. And before they got there, Kyrie and Katie, he was able to get the most out of that group with literally no one on the team getting them to the playoffs. So he built a foundation. And he has established himself as one of the most respected coaches in, in basketball. So I guess karma uh, bit the Nets, getting this guy fired. And then you bring in Steve Nash, and it just was an absolute disaster. But Jacques Vaughn, give credit to him. He wasn't their first choice because we know they wanted Ime Udoka. But because of the Kyrie Irving saga with the you know the movie link situation, they felt like that there would be too much backlash on top of that to bring him in here. And Jacques Vaughn got the opportunity, and, and so far he has done a, a remarkable job. And I think he should be, if not one, two in the coach of the year polling as we speak. And the only guy I would have challenging him is uh, Willie Green with the New Orleans Pelicans because they, they've been phenomenal this year uh, in that Western Conference. So as the Nets, uh, they, they're becoming a contender. And I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, what is it going to take for people in New York City to actually care about this basketball team, like what, what's the, what, what do they have to accomplish? Because we saw a couple of years ago, them get to the Eastern Conference semis against the Bucks. They were up two one in that series before Kyrie Irving got hurt, and then Kevin Durant played one of the best basketball games we've ever seen in that game five at home, fifty point triple double. And then he balled out in Game Seven, but his you know sneaker was a, a fraction too big, or if not, they they win that series and advance to the conference finals to play the Hawks. But it doesn't seem like that really resonated enough for there to be some staying power 
as far as interest level in this basketball team. I'm a diehard Hoops fan. I would love to see the electricity of both the Knicks and the Nets being good at the same time and creating some semblance of a rivalry because now there's no real rivalry. Every time the Knicks and Nets play, the Nets spank them. And then the Knicks just have too much real estate in this region where, you know, you get the nobody cares about the Nets. So in in order for uh, me to get what I'm hoping for, it's you got to have the Knicks and Nets both good at the same time. And then tell me what it's going to take to get people interested in Nets basketball. I just don't know. As far as the Knicks, R.J. Barrett is expected to miss a week because he has that lacerated finger that he sustained in that loss to Dallas. And I said this to Larry yesterday. That's the type of game that you would rather get blown out. He he, Because you get the excuse of, well, what do you want us to do? Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett, two of our best players, are not playing. We're, we're on the road in Dallas uh, against Lucas Mavs, and I get Maxi Kleba didn't play, and, and they had some guys out. DFS didn't play. But the, the Mavs are still the better team. What do you want us to do? They, you get spanked, you live with that. But to, to suffer the loss the way that you did is just so gut-wrenching. And now it feels like the, the eight-game winning streak was fluky because you follow it up with four straight losses. And that the Raptors, that's a game you probably should have won. Why is Pascal Siakam scoring 51 points on your defense? During that eight-game winning streak, the Knicks have been holding opponents to 97 points per game. Now, that number isn't sustainable, especially in this NBA with three-point variance. But defensively, they, they were locking down. And for Pascal Siakam to score 51, that just can't happen. That Bulls game where you, you missed four straight free throws, the Bulls stink in crunch time. I know, I know Chicago last night had this nice statement win against Milwaukee, despite you know Giannis just went off. Uh, but the the, Bull, the Bulls, much of this year, have just stunk it up in crunch time. And the Knicks found a way to blow that game. Christmas Day, you, you started off well against the Sixers. And then in the second half, you melted down. What the Knicks score? 16 points in the fourth quarter? You've got R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and J- Julius Randle. And you're giving me 16 in the fourth quarter. I know Brunson didn't play much of that fourth because he, didn't, he ends up getting hurt. But the Knicks should be able to score more than 16 points in a quarter. That was just a, a lifeless performance. And then, you know, the Dallas game. So that's four straight losses where you felt like you were in all of them and maybe should have, could have won because you had leads late. So now you wonder if if, if the eight-game winning streak was a fluke. I think in the end, the Knicks are what they, what they are. That they're just a mediocre team that's going to hang around and, and flirt, flirt with the notion of, Maybe they can be great, but at 18 and 17, they're right now slated to be in the playing game, and I think that's where they're going to end up. I think that's their ceiling, playing game. And if you're going to win in the playoffs, it's it's just going to be the playing game because you're not winning a first-round series. Look at the top of the conference, Celtics, Nets, Bucks, Cavs. You beating any of those teams in a seven-game series? No chance. No chance. It's not going to happen. Let's go to Lamar in Brooklyn. What's up, Lamar? Hey, what's going on, Ty? I'm glad to hear you on the weekdays. I'm glad you're not a DH. You, you start you're in the starting lineup. We in the starting lineup, that. baby. We out here in the starting lineup. <laughs> we out here, baby. 
Yo, can I just, Ty, the one person yeah. that I think we should we should think about Joe Mazzula from Boston, man. Come on, he's like 30 and change, man, and he's doing it with this team, man. So, you know, Willie Green is doing his thing, but you got to give Mazzula some props. Yeah, because- but listen, here, so here's the thing, and I, and I, I respect that, and I'll let you finish your call. But mm-hmm. the Celtics were in the finals last year and, and probably should have won. So this is the same team, same roster that was in the finals. I, I think he does deserve credit uh, for dealing with, you know, the distraction that was Ime Udoka and taking his team and having them atop the Eastern Conference. But this is the same roster that was in the finals last year. No, I totally agree with you. But it's kind of like how, like, think about this. Joe Judge had the same roster and now, Bri- I'm sorry, Brian Dable has the same roster as Joe Judge and look what's happened. Yeah, but so, we see the change. That's what I'm saying. Like right. the Celtics are no, maybe they're better than they were last year, but like they, they're they're not significantly better than they were last year. The, the Pelicans are. The Pelicans are the one seed in the West, and the Nets started one and five, and Jacques Vaughn has them with the second best record in all of basketball right now, just two games behind the Celtics for the one seed. So that's where I'm I definitely, from. I, 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 I definitely push you with that. I'm I'm with you with that. I wanted to ask you this question. What are we going to do with the Knicks, man? This is this is becoming the saga every single – it's like, you know, it death taxes in the Knicks, man. <laughs> when is it going to – when is it going to change for us, man? It's like for all the time, you know, we sit there, we get excited. You know, you can go to barbershops across, not even just the boroughs, across New York State, and we're wishing for the Knicks to be good. And then all of a sudden, Ty, they, they, it's like they dangle, it's like Bugs Bunny. They dangle the carrot in front of us with the eight-game winning streak, and then all of a sudden, it just, it, it just disappears. It's like it, it just doesn't even work anymore. It's like it's so hard to be a New York Knicks fan. You know, of course, I'm hearing what you're talking about with Brooklyn, but this Knicks situation, I mean, a lot of us bleed this orange and blue, but we don't even know what we can do anymore. Help us out, Ty. Come on. Well, here's the thing, and I I appreciate the call, Lamar. It's simple. So let's do a a quick exercise. So let's look at the top five seeds right now in the Eastern Conference. Celtics, Nets, Bucks, Cavs, Sixers. Now let's go to the top five seeds in the Western Conference. Pelicans, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Clippers, Suns. What do all those teams have in common? They all have at least a one star. Tatum, Durant, Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid. Those are all stars. And the Western Conference, Pelicans, Zion, and then even Brandon Ingram, who was battling injury, you know, has, has been playing well. The Denver Nuggets have the back-to-back MVP and Nikola Jokic, who might win it again, might become the first player since Larry Bird to go three times back-to-back, and that happened in the 80s. The Grizzlies have John Morant. The Clippers, I guess, sometimes have Kawhi Leonard, and Ty Lue is just an excellent coach. And then the Suns have Devin Booker. So it comes down to, in this league, you need a star. That's as simplistic as it gets, and the Knicks don't have any. In a conference, in a league littered with stars, you don't have any. Randall flirted with that two years ago when he was all NBA and finished eighth in MVP voting, but he's not a star. He's a really good player, and I think he's having a great season. He's not a star. You need someone who can go toe-to-toe with with Tatum on any given night. We saw on Christmas Day, Tatum against Giannis. Giannis is the better player. Tatum gave him 41 and dunked on him, and the Celtics win that game. You need someone who is able to fight force with force and the Knicks simply don't have that. And I, I guess 
ruffled some feathers the other way uh, other day when I said on on the show with with Dan Grassa that RJ Barrett people desperately want him to be something that he's not and that's the guy. It's year 4, we should already have a a consistent line of you know, really good games where this guy looks like he's morphing into a star. And it just hasn't happened. And he's hurt right now. So we we can't see it in action as we speak. But he, I, I just don't think he's ever going to become that player, unfortunately. I just don't think it's going to happen. And Jalen Brunson's a nice player, but if, if Jalen Brunson isn't the best player on your team, what's your ceiling? It's not very high. So I think that's what it comes down to. It's simple, but it's hard because... It, you wonder if you're a Knicks fan, like, why is it that every year there are stars everywhere? We just can't seem to get our hands on any of them. We just can't seem to do it. Anthony in New Jersey wants to talk. What's up, Anthony? Hey, hey, Ty, what's going on, man? Happy holidays. Uh, I wanted you. to ask a, I wanted to ask a fantasy question, uh, but oh. real quick, I just want to make a, a comment real quick um, about the Jets and Lamar Jackson. The <laughs> The, I just heard a caller before mention uh, about how he'd be such a great fit here and how he fits the scheme because the Jets have good tight ends. The Ravens are not letting Lamar Jackson go. I don't, Newsom, I don't think they will either. Yeah, I don't think they will. Uh, Ozzie Newsome, that was his – he traded up back into the first round the year, the last year that he was the GM there, and that was like his legacy to the Ravens, yep. you know, to leave behind. And I just don't – and they're the one of those organizations that are really buttoned up. You never see uh, any dysfunction or anything like that. So, like, if you see John Harbaugh in the news kind of, like, not really giving any answers, it's just because they're just one of those organizations that aren't going to really let any news out. But I just – and the also the other thing is that they would have to fire Matt LaFleur, which I don't think they would do either because him and Robert Tower are such good friends. Just because of the scheme that they run, they run. Yeah, listen. So I, 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 I'll let you finish, Anthony. I, I've agreed with everything you set up until that point. Until that, if the if the choice is between Lamar Jackson, a former league MVP, and Matt Lafleur, who's proven nothing in this league, that is an easy choice. You you get rid of Matt Lafleur and you bring in Lamar Jackson. I don't care how close the relationship is. That that would be organizational malpractice if you're saying. Uh, yeah, our offensive coordinator is too good for us to, to bring in Lamar Jackson. So I agree with everything else you said, but that part I don't agree with. Continue. But uh, pretty much, I just, I just really don't think that he's going anywhere. I just don't think the Ravens would set themselves back. Like you said, they have nobody. They have Tyler Huntley, and they're just not the same offense with him in, you know, behind center. But um, so I had a fantasy question. I, uh, I'm in the championship round, and I'm just really conflicted right now. Uh, so I had Derrick Henry who went down, and I ran and picked up his backup, Haskins. I think he's starting. Uh, I'm not too sure. Um, but I had Dobbins, Fournette, and Henry's backup, and I got to start two of them. And um, That's what a would tough you do there? You said you got Fournette. Now, man. You said you have Fournette. Haskins. Dobbins. Haskins and Dobbins. Oh, that's a tough one. I appreciate the call. I'll, 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 uh, let, me, let me sit on that for a little bit. Let me sit on that for a little bit because I'm inclined to go J.K. Dobbins. Fournette has been off. The Bucks offense is terrible. Uh, maybe Haskins. Let me sit on that for a little bit and then I'll, 
I'll get you an answer. But that's a tough one. Uh, as far as Lamar Jackson, look, I, I agree. I don't I don't think that the Ravens are gonna let him go. I, I just was I don't know, I had my first moment this morning of, well, is it possible? Just when I heard what the conversation was on Get Up. Like if Lamar Jackson is healthy right now and able to play, but since he doesn't feel 100% is deciding to sit, then I'm just wondering, could that cause some friction in that organization? And they could decide that, yeah, all right, we got to move on from this guy. Because the Ravens are still playing for that division. The Bengals been really hot lately. I actually think the Bengals are going to beat the Bills on, on Monday night this week. And there's a chance that Cincinnati can steal that division. When your division uh, is important, you get a home playoff game. So the, these games matter for Baltimore. And if Lamar is sitting just, you know, to get healthy for the playoffs, I, I just, I, I don't know what it means. It, it, it's a question that I don't have an answer to, but it's one that is fascinating because it could mean that he becomes available. If I had to bet on it, then I would I would guess no, he doesn't. But we shall see. Danny in the Bronx wants to talk. What's up, Danny? What's going on, Kyle? How you doing today? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I've got to give a little shout-out real quick to the company. But yeah, I want to say thank you. Because I hit you up on Twitter the other day when the, you, know, you were talking about the Nets. And I said, next time you get on the radio, can you just say something positive? <laughs> on the ride home, when I heard you, I just want to say you earn my respect right there, brother. Well, I appreciate that, man, and and, and shout out to you, shout out to the company. Uh, listen, it, it, you're you're a net fan. Your team's doing well right now, so I I, I gotta talk about them. Ten game winning streak, hottest team in basketball. I mean, if you're not gonna talk about them now, then you're probably never gonna talk about them. No, I I definitely hear you. You know, at least, but you're you're talking about them in a positive light. You know, a lot of people only talk about them. You know, when Kai's doing Kai things, you know, but you're talking basketball, and I really appreciate that because there's not a lot of fans. There are a few, you know, with a few Net fans, but we're proud Net fans. Yeah, man, so you you got to be feeling good about your team right now. Loving them, loving them, loving them. I think everybody's starting to gel. I think Ben is only going to get healthy. You give us one more big, and I think we can compete with anybody against the Celtics, the Bucks. Yeah, and I appreciate the call, Danny. I, I feel like that's the one thing that the Nets are are missing because p- even Patty Mills played well last night, and he's been out of the rotation. With uh, Watsunabe, he's coming uh, clutch. He's clutch. He can distribute. He hits some threes. T.J. Warren, since he's been healthy, has, has given him a scoring punch. Durant is having an MVP-type season. Kyrie Irving has been balling. Claxton's having a career year. Uh, both defensively and offensively, he's shown that you know he could, he has some moves around the basket. I feel like the Nets, the one thing they're they're missing is size. Andre Drummond was good for them last year, but the size is going to be a factor. And when you're going up against Giannis's Bucks with Brooke Lopez there, and then you know the Celtics with Robert Williams and and, and you know Al Horford, I, I feel like that the size dis- disadvantage is gonna gonna hurt them, but. Right now they're playing well. Ten game winning streak, hottest team in basketball, and they are they are morphing into a contender. So if you're a net fan, gotta feel good about where you were before at one and five and to be here now, that the the dichotomy of, you know, that the disaster that was one and five, getting the head coach fired, KD had asked for a trade this past off season, what was going on with Kyrie, Ben Simmons. 
who knew what was going on there as well. So t- to be here sitting comfortably as a functional basketball team, and it's you know been some time since we've had something negative to say about them, I think that that's a good sign for that team. 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Taking more of your phone calls coming up. Getting back to the football as well. We're going until 7.30 tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Knicks Spurs in action tonight as New York looks to end its four-game losing streak. Losses to the Raptors, the Bulls, the Sixers, and a heartbreaker at the hands of Lucas Mavs in Dallas. The Knicks are on a Texas road trip, so they'll play uh, two very winnable games. You get the Spurs tonight, a game the Knicks should win, right? Like, come on, they can't lose this game. Knicks should win this game. They should win this game pretty easily, too. They're the better team. And I get that they're dealing with injuries, but Spurs right now eleven and twenty three on the season. Then you've got the Rockets at ten and twenty four. So two teams that are just going in the wrong direction. The Knicks should be able to get two wins in a row. Once again, coverage uh this one starting tonight at seven thirty, right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. I should remind you that uh if you want to relive some of the Michael K show twentieth anniversary You can catch the Unplugged segments on the ESPN New York app. Just download the free ESPN New York app, scroll down to the Unplugged tile, and enjoy episode one, and it's live right now, brought to you by Jackpocket. Play official state lottery games like Powerball and Mega Millions on your phone. Download the Jackpocket app and get your first Mega Million or Powerball ticket using code ESPN, and it's free. Must be 18 or older to play. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight seven seven eight hope and why Ty D. Butler on Twitter, 800-919-3776 on the phone lines. We go back to New Jersey to talk to Firm. What's up, Firm? Hey, what's going on, Ty? How are you? Yo, I'm doing well, man. What's good with you? Oh, everything's good, man. Listen, a big fan of yours uh, you. with uh, you and Rothenberg in the morning on Saturdays. Love that show. Uh, first time, long time. Wanted to ask you a question, diehard Knicks fan here. Um, with the Nets playing so well, I wonder at what point do you think opposing coaches are going to start making Ben Simmons show up or show out uh, in tight games? Hackabin kind of putting him on the spot. If, if uh, you know, is that something that you think will eventually expose the Nets? Because let's face it, it's one of the reasons why he came here um, is because of the fact that he didn't like being thrown under the bus, not performing in crunch time in the playoffs last season. Yeah, and it's a good question for him. We actually saw it happen against what was it? The Blazers. Uh, Chauncey Billups went to Hackabin. It didn't work, but it's a good strategy. He's a career. 59% shooter from the charity strap, and just this year he's shooting 43%. So it, it is definitely a strategy that you'll see, I think, once we get to the later part of the season and definitely in the playoffs. It's something you have to do before the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. But once the Nets are in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because you can't have Ben Simmons out there just missing free throws. So you bench him until you get to the two-minute mark. Because your offense is the best in crunch time, as indicated by what I said. They're 14-3 in crunch time. But once you get to the playoffs, I think that's definitely something opposing coaches are going to do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, so, listen, and, and lastly, I know Jacques Vaughn is doing a phenomenal job. I'm glad he got the opportunity. As I said, long-suffering Knicks fan, but glad to see him uh, get the shot. 
Um, I would say, though, that because of the two-star players that he has, I would disagree that he would be in the coaching for in, in the running for coach of the year. Based on your comments earlier, you have you have two of the best players in the world. So I'm not so sure that he needed to do a lot there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I appreciate the call. Not sure that he needed to do a lot here. Here, I mean, you had two of the best players, as you termed it, in the world on this team when they started one and five. So he definitely deserves credit for for turning this thing around. And I think that because of the the the, the turnaround is going to play a big part in the narrative. And look, it's still early. I'm not saying it's set in stone, but. Look, last year, Monty Williams was the coach of the year, and he's got two stars in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So, I, I, you know, Mike Budenholzer won it a couple of years ago. He's got Giannis. So it's not necessarily just about, like, well, you have talent. You're expected to do this. I think the job that he's done post-Steve Nash is going to aid him. But, again, I mentioned, you know, Willie Green is still in that conversation. I think Ty Lue, given, you know, Kawhi Leonard not being in the lineup as much as the Clippers continue winning – and they get a top two seed. He could be there. Michael Malone with the Nuggets. So it's still open. But right now, I would have Willie Green and, and uh, Jock Vaughn one and two in, in no particular order. Douglas in the Yonkers wants to talk. What's up, Douglas? Hey, what's up, Ty, man? Long-time fan. Glad to hear you on primetime. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. So with the Knicks, it, you know, lifelong Knicks fan, you know, you kind of just feel like they, they've reached their, their potential. They, they've reached their ceiling. And it's like, where do we go from here? Because to me, they, they just kind of seem like where, where the Magic were a few years ago when they had Aaron Gordon and, and Fournier and, and Vucevic. And they're just kind of like around the, the – sixth to eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. They're never really going to make much noise. So I'm not really sure where they go from here because they don't really have that much uh, talent to uh, trade with to go get somebody, and you're not going to be a high draft pick, you know, where they are in the standing. So I'm not really sure where the help is going to come from yeah. for this team. Yeah, it's a tough situation to be in, and I appreciate the call, Douglas, because you just locked in Jalen Brunson to a, a four-year Max contract at over a hundred million. You, Julius Randle's in the midst of the extension you gave him for over a hundred million, and you just locked in Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett. So there's not a, a, a ton of financial flexibility. You've got uh, a ton of draft picks, but I guess the names that you could move w- would be Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish. And who wants those guys? The Hawks didn't even want Cam Reddish, and the Hawks were contending. The Hawks. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals and decided that Cam Reddish wasn't good enough to be a part of that team. And now the Knicks have benched him. So for all the folks arguing and clamoring for more Cam Reddish minutes, we had two straight teams decide he just wasn't good enough to be a part of their rotation. And the first team was in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I just don't know how much he adds to you. He, at times he can get hot from three, but I mean, what, what, what other value does he bring? The names to monitor would be Emmanuel quickly because I did see a report earlier this year that the Knicks could look to, or not the Knicks could look to, but there were teams calling the Knicks about Emmanuel quickly. He would be someone I definitely uh, would be interested in moving. And Obi Toppin, those are two, probably two of your better trade trips outside of your quote-unquote big four with Brunson, Randall, R.J. Barrett, and Robinson, who I don't think you're trading. I do wonder, though, as good as Randall has been, 
And and if you know you have a clear ceiling of we're not winning a a, a playoff round, we could probably win the play play in game, but we're not going to win a round. If, if if the Knicks get calls about Julius Randle because he's been really good this year, what do they do there? Because if you trade him, I mean, it, it is a sign that you're punting on the season. And if Tom Thibodeau really is on the hot seat and fighting for his job, I think it is very unfair to do that to him, trading his uh, a guy who right now is playing like the best player on the team. I think that would be unfair to do for, uh, for a guy who might be fighting for his coaching life. But I, I think that is a, a quandary for this organization. If they do get trade offers for Julius Randle, what do you do? Because you're not trading Brunson. If, and if you weren't including R.J. Barrett and Donovan Mitchell trade, I don't, I don't think you're going to trade R.J. now and his value is even lower than what it was this past offseason. Mitchell Robinson, I think, has been balling, and that's a piece that you, you definitely should look to retain. He, he, he's been tremendous this year. The lead piece taken, his problem is he can't stay on the court either because of injuries or foul trouble. But once he's there, he is a, a, a truly impactful player and, and does the job that is asked for him uh, asked of him. So I think that's a guy you definitely uh, look to retain. 800-919-3776 as we move towards 730. Knicks in San Antonio to take on the Spurs, the 11-23 and 23 Spurs as the Knicks look to get back in the win column. So we're going until 7.30. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Instagram as well, 800-919-3776. Back with your phone calls right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of days left in 2022. What an exciting time this has been. Personally, it's been... Fun to to graduate to being a host on this station. I'm I'm very thankful to the bosses because it, it's something that I've wanted for a long time, and, and I grinded hard to get here. So to be able to not just host, but this week be filling in on afternoon drive on the K show. The first two days, Monday and Tuesday, I was hanging out with Dan Grassa, who you know I go back to Sirius XM with him, and then Larry Hardesty, who you know I started here producing his show, so I've had a blast. Today is solo. I'll be back with Larry Hardesty tomorrow from three to seven thirty, but it, it's just been fun to do this week. So I appreciate every uh, everyone who was involved in this decision making, allowing me to do this. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Hey Joe Leo, you're a Jet fan. Don't don't be so disgusted by being a Jet fan. I'm not disgusted. I mean, you you're, you're like huffing and puffing, like you you you're not you're not like, you know confident in your football team. You're not proud to be a Jet fan. What's going on with that? I mean, it's they've definitely given me more to be excited about instead of being the butt of every joke growing up. Oh, I see what you did there, but like butt fumble. Yeah, but butt fumble, the Tim Tebow debacle. Uh, you know, Rex Ryan getting Mark Sanchez jersey tattooed uh, of his wife. You know, everything that you could possibly think of. I even got Rich Cotite jokes growing up. Oh, so, no. That's bad. Um, but, but look, but look, here, here is, here, here's the thing. With all that has gone wrong your entire life as a Jet fan, and mine as well, like, doesn't it feel good for us to be three days away from what is essentially a playoff game in week 17 because you win uh, in Seattle and in Miami and then you get a New England loss from either the, the Dolphins or the Bills and you're you're back in the playoffs. Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel 
Like you have some life and energy? Life, yes. But, I mean, I really... I'm just hoping to wake up on January 7th or January 8th and have a shot against Miami where it's been a place, a house of horrors for us to potentially get in the playoffs. Do That's you think all they're I'm gonna, hoping for. Do you think they're going to – like if I – gun to your head right now, do you think they, the Jets get into the playoffs? Yes. I think Mike White has enough with this defense, yes. I love it. Harvey, you're a Giant fan. You, you feel good about your game against the Colts this weekend? Not only do I feel good. If I could lock it up, I probably would. What's the number? I think I saw five and a half points. That feels a little low. I, I get the Giants when they win this year, they they don't blow any team out. But the Colts, the, like the Colts under Jeff Saturday, might be the worst team in football. They're abominable. In they a word, abominable. One, they won one game and it was against the Raiders. Since then, all they've done is just embarrass themselves. Let the Cowboys hang fifty four on them. Blew a 33-0 halftime lead to the Vikings. Last week against the Chargers, they scored zero second-half points. And in all game, they didn't convert a single third down. They've just been, like you said, an abomination. So the Jets, big game this Sunday. Giants, big game this Sunday. It's all happening here in New York football. It's all happening. Lonnie and Harlem, what's up, man? What you got? Ty, what up, man? What up? You know, I had to step into the dojo. Trying to get my black belt today. <laughs> Step into the dojo, you know I mean? man. Step into the dojo. I'm always here. I'm always here ready to kick it with you, first of all. You already know. Got to shout out the company. What's up, y'all? Um, but, company. Ty, listen, I just re- just really wanted to call in and, you know, show you your respect. Um, thank you for always shouting out the company after one of us calls in. Uh, you see what we're trying to do here. We just want to be a part of, the sh- you know, every show that we possibly can, can be a part of. Show you guys as much support as we can as well. Joe Leo, what's up? Harvey, what's up? Um, but Ty, I got like two or three questions for you. Let's let's go. Let's what? Do it. Who are you picking? Fully healthy, hasn't missed any time. Whatever you want to put it as, Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott? Uh, Deshaun Watson. Okay, I, I think mean, that's you're easy. a smart man. Yeah, I think that's you're easy. a smart man. Thank you. You're a smart man. Very thank. Thank thank you for that. Also, um, now this is a Nick. This is a Nick point because listen, Ty. Me and the Prez was in the Garden on Friday. It was disgusting how they lost. First of all, Jalen Brunson smiling at the free throw line after he missed that first free throw gave me a Rodgers Chapman vibe. <laughs> I, I was I was in there ready to explode, Ty. Yeah. Then they let Luca go for sixty twenty one and ten. Yeah, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? Not great. I mean, come on. It, it's 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 disgusting. I keep telling people like we was you know, the company we have our chat and I said this the other day. The Knicks always allow somebody to have a career high. It's ridiculous. Like early this morning, I forgot who it was that was covering national, they said it. It was like, Well, you know who who allowed that to happen, right? The Knicks. It's like the Knicks are always the butt of everybody's jokes. Like, I mean, yeah, they're starting to get better. They're doing their thing. But things like that, that has to stop. Like, if you want to have a career high night, you go to the Garden or you just play the Knicks. But I Jeremy, also have one Jeremy more Grant scored a career high 44 points exactly. earlier this year. Pascal Siakam scored a career high 51 against 52, the Knicks. 52-53, Ty, what are we doing? Yeah, that, and that's the night when I really lost, and I was like, yo, we can't. Like, Pascal's Gassim's good, don't get me wrong, but 52? Yeah. Come on. I also had another question. Um, 
Now, this is another next point. Do you know the name of the seedy motel and or hotel that Dave decided to check himself into after that Dallas loss? Because let me tell you something. If the Knicks lose to the Spurs tonight, holy, you're going to have to find me, man, okay? I will be in, I'll be in the shower curled up in that hotel. I mean, come on, man. We got to get this W. An eight-game winning streak turned into a five-game losing streak. I can't have that. Listen, I've done what I came to done. Ty, love you, Holla man. Me. Holla at me, bro. Appreciate the call, Lonnie. Listen, I, I don't think the Knicks lose this game tonight. I, the Knicks have been bad, but, I mean, the, the Spurs are just a dreadful basketball team. I, I, I think they finally get back in a win column tonight. As far as uh, the Brunson smiling at the free throw line after he missed the free throw, it kind of reminded me of, I get, yes, you said Aroldis Chapman, and that was in the playoffs after the Altuve home run. But a couple weeks ago, the Jets are, are playing a big game uh, against the Bills, and C.J. Mosley has that inexplicable you know, offside penalty where they, they clearly were not going to hike the ball on, on fourth down, and he jumped. And he's like laughing after, and it just annoyed me so much. So as fans, yeah, I understand that you you get you don't like in a in a situation like that for a player to make a mental mistake or a physical mistake and be laughing about it. I I, I totally understand that. Before I forget, so that caller a caller like a couple segments ago asked about fantasy football. I I'd start Haskins the running back tonight for the Titans because they're, they're going to be running the ball. Malik Willis at quarterback, and I would go with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, it's a tough situation to be in with no Derrick Henry, but that's that's the best I think I have to offer. Let's go to HTJ in the car. Hot Take Johnny. What's up, Hot Take Johnny? How's it going, Ty? As always, uh, shout out to the company. Uh, Big first up the of company. all, I want to say uh, you, uh, you definitely hear your growth as a host in the, uh, on the radio. I just want to say uh, you're doing a great job and keep it up, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, hard to follow up Lonnie, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> so with the Knicks, first of all, I want to say you're, I was listening the other night when you brought up your point about R.J. Barrett, and I agree. I think at best he's on a, on a top team in the league. At best he's a number three, a, re, a good number three, but if you're a top team, he's a number three, not not a not a, definitely not a one, and I really don't think it's top team a number two. Um, so I, Yeah, I, I would agree with that. He's, he's definitely not a number one and can't be a number two. Uh, he he is he maybe the third best player on a really good team, but at, as far as like him being one or two, I, I would agree he's not that. Yeah, um, I think they should have uh, done the Donovan Mitchell trade for him. But uh, anyway, um, as far as Randall talking about trades, um, if the Knicks got the correct uh, decent package, or well, maybe more than decent, but a, a, a good package for Randall, uh, I would move on from him. Um, I think with with him as our number one guy, which he's going to be as long as he's here. This is our ceiling, number six at best, and and we've been uh, number four a few years ago, but we all knew at best we were beating Atlanta if we did, which we didn't, but that was the best we were going to do then. Last year, not good. This year, you know, they're spinning their wheels again. I think at, at best this team is average and just not happy with being average. Um, if you can get a reasonable package for them, maybe, you know, first-round pick, not even top, but maybe middle of the first round and, the Knicks get a little worse, but they have a you know their pick will be better, and whoever they trade with, use that first round pick with the ones they have in the future, maybe move up. You know, I know of course you want a one, two, or three in the draft, but this draft is supposed to be good, and there are a number of top players in this league that went more in the first half of the of the first round. You know, Jokic, um, 
uh, Giannis or Giannis. And there's a lot of players who are not yeah. number one, two, or three. But I just don't think the Knicks can continue spinning their wheels like this. I think Randall's got to go. I would agree with that, Hot Take Johnny. Appreciate the call. I, I just don't know what the plan yeah. is. Like, if you are the Knicks, what's the plan? Like, what what do you envision happening over the next couple of years? How how long is Tom Thibodeau going to be here for? I don't think he's been the problem, but it feels like he's going to be the scapegoat if things don't get turned around. We've got a half hour left to play with right here on 98.7 ESPN, right before the Knicks and Spurs. So hit us up, 800-919-3776. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram back in the morning right here on 98.7 ESPN.